This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast, and we are back. The group is back together. Dave isn't ditching out on us again for two straight, was it three straight weeks? It was a couple weeks. It was th- I think it was th- but he was here last week. Yeah. Okay, he well, was here last week. Sorry, sorry, I missed one in the past, like, You come in months. throwing hate, and uh, you're the most, you know, likely candidate. Yeah, yeah, but you have a reputation. You I have do a reputation. reputation. This is two for Dave. Yes. I'm Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Dave Oster. Hey, guys. And Ricky Whitmer. What's up? And uh, Dave's finally back, and I'm finally back. The gang is finally back together. Ricky's got the perfect streak going on. Ricky's been here for uh, for like eight weeks Ricky or so. Ricky is the show. Ricky, Ricky is the <laughs> network. Oh, that makes me terrified. Ricky's literally just doing three different voices, <laughs> and he's a one-man show. Ricky's on every single podcast. He's every single I'm voice. Not, I'm not on beh- I have yet to be on Behind the Pen. He is, oh, that's true. Yeah, it's, it's, an an it's an alias. Outside. It's really Ricky Whitmer. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? If it was really it's a one-man network. Really, Ricky just wanted to talk about Chicago sports so badly, so he, he went on the, behind the pen and just made up the Mike Rankin uh, yeah, because pseudonym. I, I, I need to uh, raise my blood pressure by complaining about Chicago sports. That's what I need to do. Anyways, we're going to jump in today. Our topics today are NBA draft. Who are the biggest sleepers in this draft? Another NBA draft topic. We're going to do revisiting the 2015 draft, kind of redrafting, trying to reslotting based on this year's performances for these prospects. And our final one is going to be our predictions for the Western Conference playoffs and the Eastern Conference playoffs, where these guys are going to be seated and how we kind of see things playing out. But let's jump into the sleepers of the NBA draft for 2016. We all, we've all we been talking about Simmons and Ingram, and I'm getting sick of the discussion. Let's talk about other guys. Exactly. Let's talk about some other guys. And in my recent mock draft, it was my 2.0. I uh, I had a couple of these guys in the later halves, and I, I don't think they're actually going to be first-round draft picks. I think there's you know younger guys who have more potential that will actually get picked, or like you know teams will see more potential in them, mm-hmm. so they'll get picked. But there's guys who are older, guys who are undersized, that I think can really be sleepers and really develop into something great. If they decide to go to the NBA, like some of these don't have choices because they're seniors, but like people like Nigel Hayes, I believe he's a junior or a guard undersized like Tyler Lewis, who's a sophomore. Maybe he'll come out and I, I feel like he should. Uh, but my, my I'll, I'll get into my sleepers and I'll say my sleepers and you guys can say yours and talk about the ones that I said. Uh, Fred, Fred Van Fleet from uh, Wichita State, mm-hmm. senior. I think he could be, do something pretty well. I think he's going to be better than Ron Baker. Tyler Ulyss, like I just mentioned, undersized at 5'9", but I think he's got the skills of an NBA point guard. Kyle Wilcher from Gonzaga, a senior, 6'10", forward. And then you got Nigel Hayes from Wisconsin, a junior. you got Malcolm Brogdon from Virginia, and you have Bryce Johnson from UNC. I, I feel like all those guys have NBA p- potential, mm-hmm. whether it be a starter. I think in some cases, you know, some of these guys are going to be starters and some of them are going to be fantastic role players yeah. for teams or like a six-man, something like that. But, you know, I, I think these guys can, you know, come into an NBA team and make an impact on a championship team. I agree with you on the Van Vliet, and the one thing I'm looking at the five that I have, Mm -hmm. four of them are seniors, and two of them, same team, Wichita State. I like Baker and Van Vliet. I think with Baker, though, it's more of the spot-up shooter. Hmm. That's going to be his Mm -hmm. NBA role, because both those players can shoot the ball phenomenally. They've been the best players in Wichita State. Then I have Gary Payton II, the only underclassman, could stay with the Beavers, but we don't know. And then I have Teron Prince, and the more important one, but I hope we talk about in depth AJ Hammonds. Well, why don't you talk about AJ? Well, yeah, we'll, we'll fill us in a little bit. Yeah, what really about him? He's got the size, and I think he can produce. 
but I've seen him against just the last two games against Michigan State and then fucking Little Rock. But <laughs> it just seems like he wasn't as didn't want the ball in his hands in key moments. Didn't want to. The, the big thing with the Michigan State game was he wasn't getting back quick enough on defense. Mm-hmm. A guy like Denzel yeah. fucking blew right past the whole defense. Big man's out there. I'm going to go to the bucket. So, I mean, those are some little red flags that I've seen. But I look at him, it's like 12 points per game, seven rebounds. His size of seven foot two sixty. It's like, that's a guy I want down low and can develop into a big man in the NBA. So what's your big concern with him going it's, into the it's NBA? It's his attitude. It's the attitude of hustle. That's what I saw the last two games and more so in that Little Rockets. I know maybe it's a big man thing. You mm-hmm. want the guard. The guard's going to be the guy who wants the ball. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're the primetime player on that team, you should say, get me the ball down low or win in this game. So do you kind of have a Hashim to beat feeling with a him that he bit. might not Ooh. have the drive a to little, back him? A he's little got the, bit. He's got the size and potential, but a, he doesn't have yeah. the drive to push for it? That, exactly. It's just, I hope I, I'm hoping that those red flags are wrong. Because I want AJ Hammonds to be something great in the NBA. Well, do you think do you think he needs a coach to do that for him, or do you think it's just more him himself doing that? I think it's more of just a mature thing. Really, like, as I mean, we're matures, talking about older players, and these are not the eighteen year yeah. olds maybe, coming out. So. Maybe it could be a coach too, because I mean, I just that whole team in that Little Rock, Arkansas game, not it looked like none of them, Hammonds, any of them, didn't want the ball in their hands. When they were shell shocked and were like, "Oh, we're going to lose this game in overtime," none of them wanted the ball in their hands. That last possession. Well, out of the five you said, who do you think has the highest ceiling, and who do you think could be actually a starter oh. or a, a not? I don't know about potential all star, but at least a, a quality starter. The highest potential, either GP two or Van Vliet. Why? Because those are the two guys. They're the they're the guards. They're the drivers. Like Van Vliet can shoot it, but he's also a driver. Baker is more of to me. I feel like. In college, it's like, yeah, I can drive, but in the NBA, I'm a spot-up shooter. That's mm-hmm. going to be my kind of game. That's the role I'm going to have to fill. Gary Payton the second, I watch him, and I go, you could be your dad. You can he be has your all da- the tools. You could be your dad and a fucking amazing driver to the basket. And do you think he will become his dad? Do you I think hope. he's going to be... I hope. Do you think I, he's going to be the glove, the, the I defensive, I think, defensive like, mastermind? I feel like maybe part of me wants to say... Stay for a year or two. Just stay. Because right now, I mean, I'm looking at NBADraft.net, and they have GP2 as a, like, mid-second rounder. So it's like Oregon State, they were a team that was a seventh seed this year. I know it was the first time they made the tournament, and I want to say since me and Dave were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like 1990 was the last time they were in the tournament. Maybe stay one more it's year at Oregon more. State. Get your draft stock up. Maybe do what Buddy Heald did. Develop, get the draft stock up. Maybe you can become a lottery pick. What in a do you year think he needs to improve on? He needs to improve shooting. Okay. I mean, he's a great yeah. shooter, but right now, maybe it's the limited kind of film that I've seen on him. Because I'll be honest, I fall into the East Coast, Midwest kind of hole of during the regular season. I got to go to bed, got to get up for work, and all these Pac 12 games are still going on. Yeah, they start so, they end mean, at midnight. This is the time where I'm like, this is where I'm really getting in to Gary Payton the second. But what I see. Man, does he got the tools, and he can. The thing is, I see him more as a driver right now. Maybe if he can develop a few other tools, pass the ball a little bit more, shoot a little bit more, can work his way up into the first round if he stays one more year 
at OSU. Who yeah. are your who are your per, you know your your sleepers and who do you think has the highest highest potential out of yours? Highest potential? I'm still on Tyler Eulis. I, I think this kid is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, the one knockback is his size. Is he a mm-hmm. first rounder or a second rounder? I think he's a late first. Okay. I think somebody's going to go and snag him in one of the last four picks of the first. But watching him play, I think the more I've watched him play, the more I like him because it was up front there were the initial concerns. Obviously, he was making some really stupid mistakes. His vision wasn't the best, but things just started to click for him in the second half of the season. And as far as his passing has improved dramatically, I, I think he's making smarter decisions. And it's a quick turnaround. I mean, he's only been there, like, this is his second year. He's putting up 17 and 7. I think there's so much room for this guy to grow. But it's it's ready for him to be in the NBA. He is ready to be a sixth man this next coming year. I, I would say I think the easy NBA comparison to him is just Isaiah Thomas. I yeah. think you, I think you could just see the you know same same size. I think you you know you can look at that. And plus the the thing you love about uh, the thing I love it. I'm not going to speak for you, but the thing I love wow. about Ulysses is you know he wasn't the man. He was overshadowed on that team by you know stars like Cat and Booker. Yeah. And then he steps up to be the man this year, and he does it. And he he steps into that role and he performs. And you know it, it helps to have a, a a top five pick in Jamal Murray on your yeah. wing. Yeah. But you know he comes in. He 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 average. He shoots forty three percent from the field, thirty three percent from three, which isn't that great. But you know you he, yeah. he he could definitely he can improve hit that. it when he needs to. He, he's averaging seventeen points a game, seven assists. I mean he's grabbing three bo- three boards as a six five nine uh, exactly you know, a point guard. So, so his energy way up there. His drive way up there. And I think his determination. I think he yeah. he has that attitude mm-hmm. that you know you question with AJ Hammonds that oh, you know, he wants got to it. he wants to strive. He wants to be the man. Well, yeah. and the one thing, the only thing I think of, and do I feel like NBA teams should pass on him for this? No, because to me it doesn't fucking matter. But. I feel like some teams are going to look at him and go, oh, he's 5'9", he's kind of shorter, I want a point guard who has a little bit more length, we're going to pass on him. But like Sean just said, like we're seeing the success of the no, little man. Yeah, and I know, and it's the one thing where I just, I feel like some NBA teams may do it. Is it enough to make like, oh, he's a late second rounder? No, yeah. but there's going to be a team or two that we talk about the draft, oh, they could draft Tyler Eulis, and they pass on him, and I think his size is going to be the thing where people pass. Isaiah Thomas was the last pick in the NBA mm-hmm. draft, so I mean, yep. you, could, you could say that there, and then you could also kind of say and that... And look at his know, success that he's been having. Yeah, yeah, and you could look at, you know, other Kentucky point guards. I know Rondo's 6'1", mm-hmm. but, you know, he kind of like a Rondo... Could yeah. be like a Rondo. Rondo is where, scrappy. Yeah, very scrappy, but, you know, determined. They want the ball. They want to be the man. And, you know, obviously that's been a, you know, kind of a downfall for Rondo because mm-hmm. he's, yeah. he's, his personality's taken over, but I think Euless... But cause, he... Because with Euless, yeah. he's been on a team before, and right. he ne- there was never a personality issue. He's been on a team where he, you know he had to be a role player and he, he was still great for for Kentucky there. So I think I think I agree with you that Ulysses out of the out of the sleepers there have the highest potential. But I really want to talk about Nigel Hayes because I think yeah. I I love Nigel Hayes and you know what I I put him in my I put him way too high in my first my draft. <laughs> I, I think I had him in the top fifteen, which is which Ooh. isn't gonna happen. But I think he is. I think he could be a top fifteen, you know, a top fifteen level prospect here. I think well, I think he's I- got. A potential to be a great six man. The thing about Nigel is when you go ahead and draft him, the one thing I've seen is you're not drafting the guy that's going to be the face of your franchise. No, he's not going not to all. be the main, like, oh, he's the power forward that's going to start every game. He's just that, that six man. And the one thing I was watching a, I want to say it was like the driver, whatever, or whatever they have on the Big Ten network. Mm-hmm. Where it's like little, like during the basketball season, it's like every Wednesday night, the little like 
inside stories. And they're talking about Nigel Hayes and this year with Wisconsin. They're saying, well, last year it was all laughs because they were winning a lot of games. They went to the national title. So just think about him in the final four, all the jokes he's cracking in press conferences, how he's doing the like fake interview thing of Frank Kaminsky in the like, what was it, the inflatable house and everyone's oh, laughing yeah. at it because it's on YouTube and it's going viral. Yeah, that team and, had great chemistry. And then this year, the team starts losing, and it's kind of like, and he even said it in the little documentary part of this film was, yeah, you know what? When you're losing, people look at you weird when it's like, why is this kid fucking laughing? His team is losing. Yeah. Like that is, but that's his personality. He's a guy that's going to bring a fun kind of joking nature even to the locker room as a bench player and a so role he's, player. So he's one of those morale guys. Yeah, he's, he's a, a glue guy. He's a great mm-hmm. glue guy. All right, yeah. I would love to have him on. At, like, even the Bulls took him. and Really? Not, gonna... not at 14, but let's say we oh, took God, him in no, the second round. <laughs> if we took him in the second round, I'd be like, cool, we got Nigel. I'm happy with that. Yeah, my main concern with Nigel is just looking at him from, like you said, last year to this year. Mm-hmm. He's been forced into the spotlight, and I feel like he's not comfortable with it. He's heaving up more shots. And he's not making them. I mean, well, because he wasn't, like, yeah, that wasn't his that, thing last exactly. year. Let Frank, let he's, Frank he's be not in the comfortable spotlight. there. Yeah. So my only concern is, like, he's not going to be a go-to guy, like you said. Mm-hmm. We're going to hope to get something off of him on the bench. I'm not saying he's going to have the same exact production that this guy's having. And I'm not saying they're the same exact player. But I'm just saying this might be a comparison. Okay. Big 10 player, you know, similar size, 6'8", six, 6'7". Six, uh, one's obviously bigger. Draymond was a little bit bigger. Well, I was going to say Draymond. Wow. Dray- uh, Nigel Hayes, well, actually the same exact size. 6'8 for Nigel Hayes, 235. Mm-hmm. Draymond, 6'7, 236. Yeah, but Draymond looks like a Mack truck. Yeah, but, but Draymond but, bulked up, though. But looking at, looking at his scouting report, uh, NBADraft.net, the overall, the overall thing about Draymond, Big Ten Player of the Year, Green has a number of likable qualities, but not one specific skill that a team may be seeking. He's a low-risk, low-reward player considering his role player potential and ability to fit in. His ceiling dances around the mid-20s where a playoff can a playoff team can use him now, and he's compliant to better teams. Nigel Hayes, it's like, you know, same exact you know spot, you know, mid mid uh, late first round, latter half of the second round, and I think that, you know, he has similar abilities to an Nigel Hayes where he's undersized for a power mm-hmm. forward or a small forward, but you know he still has the ability to be a fantastic role player. I think that's what he is. I think he could be one of the best role players, you know, to come out of this draft. And I think he could, you know, be a six man, you know, where you rely on this guy, where you know you don't need him to score, you know, twenty a night. But if he comes in off the bench, puts up twelve and twelve rebounds and like five assists and like three assists or twelve five <laughs> rebounds, three assists. I think that's just going to be what this guy's ceiling is, but I think he's going to be a notable player out on the court. I think he can make an impact on a team and you know help a team like Boston who needs a player that really would step up. And Boston, I think that Brad Stevens you're that can really there? do that. Yes, even though there's rumors that uh, well, they can be trading draft picks for uh, Boogie. That's my mock draft. Well, and, well, all right. Well, if they're trading draft picks, they're going to. I mean, they've at only least got one. Yeah, they're not going to get draft picks. Just four or three. Well, three or four. It would be the Nets picks that they give up. Yeah, for exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you know, later half, you know, they got Nigel Hayes right yeah. there because they're going to fall around the 24 spot. I, would I you feel still like, take Nigel Hayes if you go ahead and trade for Boogie? Yeah, because Boogie's a center, and okay. Nigel Hayes is like a small forward, power forward. Well, yeah. I didn't know if you'd want to still want to take a big man if it's like... Well, well, he's not a big man. Nigel Hayes isn't the big man, I mean, the Celtics man, still are overloaded still with good but court. not great bigs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's their big problem, but... 
I don't really foresee them shying mm-hmm. away from one of these guys. And I do want to clear up because people are right now either like, oh, yeah, I can totally see the Nigel Hayes to Draymond Green comparison. Or they're or, roasting you in the comments. Or they're roasting yeah. you. Yeah. I'm not saying Nigel Hayes is Draymond Green. <laughs> and I'm not saying that Draymond or Nigel Hayes mm-hmm. will be as good as Draymond Green is. I'm just saying he has the potential to be a role player like Draymond Green or like, you know, a, a, a budget a Draymond Odom. Green. Uh, Lamar Odom Before is the, the Lamar Odom and Draymond Green are more comparable. <laughs> All right, Lamar Odom mm-hmm. is a great player. You know what I really want to go back to, and this What's is that? I, this was back to what you were saying about Tyler Ulis and how we were saying how teams may pass on him for a size. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's one guy if he comes out because he still has a year of eligibility left is Cat Barber from NC State, and the reason why I say that is we talked about Ulis. Being 5'9", and some teams may say, oh, I want to stay away from that. Well, Barber, coming out 6'2", 168, has a 6'4", wingspan, so a bigger point guard. So he's got the physical tools. and he's also, like, he's the kind of player that is, like, quick, can get to the hoop, can, is his intangibles a little low. I think he needs to stay an extra year and develop, but if Cat Barber comes out, he could be a name that people may go, you know what? You should take him over Tyler Eulis. Just because of size alone, people may fall in love with him over Eulis. You talk about physical strength. There is that one guy that I mentioned, Bryce Johnson, the power forward from mm-hmm. uh, UNC. He's six nine at a power forward, so I mean, you know, kind of the le- lower half of a, uh, the size you want mm-hmm. for a power forward. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he kind of makes up with it, of how, of like with how high he can jump. So basically, you're defending against you know you're going up against yeah. a guy who can jump to like a seven two with a, a, a huge wingspan. I love the guy. He's got tenacity. He's you know he's out on the floor. He's giving it his all. He's mm-hmm. just going after it. And every single year he's improved. So his first year he had you know five point four points, and you ever, ever since he's he's climbing up his you know. His field goal percentage has climbed yeah. up. His minutes has climbed up. Like his freshman year, 51%. Then sophomore year, 56 Junior year, exactly 56 again. And then this year, 61% from the field. And, you know, he's just improved every single year. His just stats yeah, that, have increasingly gotten better. those older players is the constant improvement, and they're just growing their game. Exactly. And he's got the physical tools. He, I mean, he's he's freakishly athletic, and he's just he's, he's got this ability mm-hmm. where I think he can just, you know, he can be a player where he's just got an all-around game where, you know, he's you know, kind of like Dewan Blair, but with knees. Yeah. <laughs> Is what I'm trying to say, and, and thinner, and you know, more athletic, and you know, yeah. he looks like a basketball player, so not like not, a guy. Not, maybe in the not league. like Juan Blair. No, but like you know, he's got the because Juan Blair had power, he had flair. Like when he was, he had the ability to go down the court and dunk, and you like you didn't expect it, but he had like the thunder and the power. Mm-hmm. Bryce Johnson has that like, thunder and power. Okay. okay, so I can respect I, that. I, I don't know. Probably the worst thing. Maybe I like because when I think of him, I think of him as like a big, hefty guy, like a Glenn Davis or a Juwan Blair. But he's thin. Yeah. He's lanky, kind of like a John Henson. That's probably better. Ah, John okay. Henson. He's you know you even got the UNC background there. So I think he's kind of like a John Henson. I think he can be a, you know a very you know all around player that can really just you know come in. Give you know tenacity off the bench, kind of like Nigel Hayes too, where he's you know there's no gonna there's not gonna be a character issue because mm-hmm. he's always gonna be out there giving it his all. And he, if there is gonna be a character issue or like team fighting, it's just because he's gonna be taking it too far. I, but <laughs> I, I really love Bryce Johnson. I really love Bryce Johnson coming out of there again. Final ACC player, and this is the last player I'm gonna mention, Malcolm Brogdon. 
in one mock draft, I saw him going to the Spurs, and I love that. If he went to a, a team well, with Pop. Well, that was the Bleacher Report one. If he went to a team with Pop, I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's fundamentally sound. He can do basically everything. He's a great guard, and he, he like I mean, he's great defensively, and he can yeah. he could he could shoot. He's been improving his three. So Don't you just hate the Spurs' ability to take guys like that? Like mm-hmm. we'll just tuck oh, him away st- for a little bit, and uh, what do you know? In, in two years, he's suddenly our sixth man, our, our seventh. You know, mm-hmm. come off the bench, doing fantastic things for us. He'd be great. He'd be like a Danny Green. Yeah. I don't think he'd be like Kawhi. Obviously, yeah. Kawhi's, yeah. Kawhi's a different monster. But I think he'd be like a Danny Green there, Bruce Bowen, maybe. Kind of like that player for the Spurs, where you know he can be a starter, but he could also be a fantastic McSwain coming off your bench. So I think there's a lot of guys if they're put into the right situation, mm-hmm. like a Nigel Hayes going to like a Boston or like a, you know maybe Golden yeah, so, State. So with these later guys, it seems team fit is more important maybe than you know exactly. Okay. Like because the Bulls, okay. the Bulls do a great job of picking great talent, but the talent never fits in well with the team. I would I, argue some of that. I feel I see such I see situations, but I feel like you know teams like the Spurs and Golden State, they can draft players that will fit the mold better, okay. and they see the mm-hmm. talent, and they don't see the you know the knocks on them like a Draymond Green. You know, you see he's six seven, but what position is he going to play? But you know, the Warriors saw the ability to develop him, and you know, you look at the Spurs, every single thing that every basically player they've drafted, like Danny Green was an outcast on the Cavs, so they pick him up, and Danny Green's just been turning into a great NBA player. Say slow mo's even getting time this year, exactly. he's looking good. So, I mean, there's so many players that you know, these teams can just they know how to work, they know how to use their mm-hmm. best strengths and then put it towards the team. So, I think, I think it, it's really if you get the guys with these, these obvious, these obvious strengths. And then put him with a team that can develop them. I think these guys can be great. So I think like a Bryce Johnson with his athletic ability, Malcolm Brogdon with his all-around game where he could defend, hit the three. I like even Oklahoma City might be a great place for him too because they Ooh. need a three and D player. So I mean, Badly. kind kind of slow. You know, he's he's not like a, he's, he doesn't have the speed of, like of a uh, Durant and Westbrook, but he's got the ability to shoot and ability to contribute to a team better than a D on Waiters. So mm. any final final sleepers? There's two names I want to throw out there, and this is just a. I don't know how they're going to be when they get to the NBA, but Perry Ellis and Wayne Selden from Kansas. Mm-hmm. I mean, in college, are they fucking amazing? Yeah, in Kansas right now as we're recording this, looks like a team where if it was the like one of the number one seeds that I had going to the Final Four, I was like, oh, Kansas can do it, no problem. The Tar Heels being the other one. But when it comes to the NBA draft, I go, Eh, are these guys going to be number one picks? Are I they going to do anything if they're drafted in the second? I think Perry Ellis' stock will draft because he basically looks like he's 43, mm-hmm. so if people well, just he, see yeah. a picture, they'll be turned away. Well, Ellis doesn't have a choice because he's, <laughs> he's a done. senior, yeah. but yeah. Selden, it, does he need to stay that extra year because he's a junior, or does he come out because he's been the better of the two? I don't think he'll come out. I, I just I think he'll probably stay for a senior Especially year. if they don't win the ship. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think mean, that will decide it for him. That, like, there's a, there's flashes with Wayne Selden where like mm-hmm. there was that one dunk, dunk in the uh, Big Twelve Championship or mm-hmm. the, the game before the semifinals where he just got up there and just threw it down with like you know thunder and it was it was it was awesome. Kind of looked like a Russell Westbrook dunk. Mm-hmm. But like I don't see anything else that really stands out about his game yet. So maybe I think he needs to stay a year. And same with Perry Ellis because. Kansas big men really don't do too well in the NBA. No. So no. I I don't know. I, I, it's hard to trust Perry Ellis there. Cause well, I mean, it, look at how well we all thought uh, Whit he was going to do. And Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Well, and Nick Embiid Collinson. looks like a freak of nature right now. <laughs> 
But freaking natures usually don't stay healthy, Dave. So I think that's the big problem with Joel Embiid is that I don't think he'll ever see the court without like breaking his legs. Because I mean, he's 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 walking on glass. He's basically. got a case of the Greg Odens. He is great. I think he's just Greg Oden, basically. I think Greg Oden tried it again, but like <laughs> in a younger body. So I, I think that was really with Greg Oden. And if, if we look at the 2007 NBA draft, I mm-hmm. think that everyone would easily redraft that one and pick really? KD pick, and pick KD one going to the Portland Trailblazers. That's a and, shocker. And now. We're going to go to last year's draft, the 2015 NBA draft, and kind of redraft this and try to go, you know, see who should have went higher, who should have went lower, who really just screwed the pooch here. Um, number one, I don't think that's changing, right? No. Carl I think Anthony Towns is changing. Cat. Yeah. Because, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns mm-hmm. is running away with the Rookie of the Year award, and I think he's just looking like probably the next NBA star, and I think he can probably jump Anthony Davis. Because I, the way, looking at him, I think he's just he he looks like he's gonna be, you know he he's already, feel, he's, he's already got the deeper mid range. He's, he's he's a better shooter, and I think he's he's just he looks dominant. His game is really good, and the thing is, it's the, the supporting staff around him mm-hmm. is a huge help. I feel like Anthony Davis feels like he's a one man team trying to do it all on his own. Carl Anthony Towns has the freedom of like I'm gonna try you know working on this, or I'm gonna maybe play up my long range game tonight, mm-hmm. like. Whatever the case it may be, he seems to genuinely just have the ability to do it all. I have another uh, a number one pick next to me and Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I think this is going to be pretty well. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think I think Carolina D. Towns is both really going to have the the personal awards. I think he's going to win. You know, he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and I think he's going to probably win an MVP. Maybe uh, if he if he I think he can upstage Steph coming along when Steph is dwindling down in his age. But <laughs> dwindling and, down, the dude is in his prime. I'm just saying, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is like 22. Yeah. So I mean, he's, he's he'll got, be like 28, like four when, years yeah. on him. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think, Cat, you know, can can at least get one MVP in there. I think he's gonna pull like a Steve Nash over mm. over Shaq. This is white dude. <laughs> this big, this big six eleven guy coming in and stealing an MVP for me. But I, I think, I think Cat is is clear cut the number one. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. for me. I think the number two pick is staying the same too, and I don't think it's really a discussion there. I think I think Russell is the second I've best player coming him. out of this draft. I've got to change it. Why? And it's really? not. And this is not because of a BPA kind of a thing. At the time that I mean, Russell would be a great pick. However, He's been a great pick when the one Byron thing, Scott plays him. The one what? thing I think of is, I mean, Byron not playing him may go into this a little bit, but I would have maybe taken a. I have Winslow. And the reason being is you could have Clarkson play the point. Is Clarkson anywhere near D'Angelo Russell? Hell no. no. But then you have Winslow on the outside who wants Kobe. Like He's going to be a wing player that can stay with wing guys. And then when Kobe leaves, you don't have to worry about losing a wing guy. Okay, I and don't Clarkson think Justin can kind of just kind of handle the ship. No, at the point. Justice Winslow is not as good as D'Angelo Russell. I think that's your wasted to pick there. And then I think you know Los I, Angeles no. will look back. Think, think about this: D'Angelo Russell had his rough start. We can all admit to that. Mm-hmm. But when given playing time, he has lit it up. He has grown so much this year because it's not only like getting used to playing on an NBA level with NBA talent around you. Because, I mean, let's be honest, he dominated on a lower level mm-hmm. because he w- there was that talent gap. Now he's somewhere at the bottom where it started, and he feels you know the need, all right, I've got to get the ball to Kobe because Kobe is Kobe. So 
my job is that. And but Kobe's not Kobe. Well, Kobe's exactly. not Kobe. So now he's to. starting to work with the other guys on the team, mm-hmm. like Clarkson, like Randall. He, they're developing that young core, and I feel like he's the guy to lead that core going forward. I 100% agree with you. I I don't think you changed. D'Angelo Russell is the second best player, and I mean the tank I, commander I think, can't stop. Him. I I honestly think there's like you know Carl Anthony Towns is here. Then there's like you know a little bit of a gap between D'Angelo Russell's, and then there's a huge like a, a pretty significant gap between two and three. Yeah, I think D'Angelo. I wholeheartedly Russell, agree. I think D'Angelo Russell can be a top five point guard in the in the league once he hits his prime. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Justice I think, Winslow is a good player, but he's like a twelve and ten guy. See, mm-hmm. I'm also. That, the I one think thing, he's just that. That's it. And no, he's young. He's like yeah, the youngest player in this draft, right? He was like nineteen. I think he's still yeah, I think he's nineteen or twenty. Mm-hmm. But with D'Angelo Russell, now people are saying with you know with the Lakers having such a high pick, and if they get a you know number one or number two ben and add a Ben Simmons or a, a Brandon Ingram. I think that just turns this team into like you know the next because I think they're going to jump over Minnesota as you know the mm-hmm. next best oh my God. best team the overflowing young talent because that team would be stacked and ridiculous so I think I think D'Angelo Russell makes this team so much better and I think I I I, I understand what you're saying you know you you get see because I have Russell going he doesn't fall too far he goes to three gets to play in Philly all right so let's talk about that three pick I I I don't agree I, I've got Porzingis going three. I also have Porzingis going three. Ooh, I think, see, I think got, me same wavelength. See, because well, I mean, at this point, I mean, for me, like you guys have it going on the same path. They took a big guy. So, so like, the big thing to take away here is Porzingis dropping for you. That, well, that's, Porzingis stays the same for me. He's going to go to the Knicks at four. Okay, because but, why but would the, the thing Knicks? Is, like, why would the saying, Knicks not draft him with what we've seen from him with the Seventy so Sixers? They were going BPA no matter what. I mean. O- Okafor is there, but fuck if Russell's still there, they'd go Russell too. But, but, but what what makes you know Porzingis or uh, Justice Winslow so much of a better pick than you know not Porzingis only Russell? Too, well, no, 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 and, and Russell. Yeah. What I was saying for the late like the Lakers, I was going more of like a okay, the, what other needs do they have? Like they've got Clarkson who can play the point. Not as like I'm not saying kind of like what yeah, you no. said with Draymond. I'm not saying D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Clarkson are the same person. That was more of like a Going to throw in need, going to throw in who my coach is. Is Byron Scott going to play him right away? The 76ers are just saying, fuck it, who's the best on the board? Doesn't see, matter, we're tanking. See, I think if you're a top three pick, you got to pick best player best player available no matter what your need is because obviously if you you have if you're that high up you yeah. you have a lot of needs and you need a star and i think d'angelo russell is that star i don't think justice winslow can be that star yeah i, I agree think, it's i think that d'angelo russell can be a star top ceiling potential and you're right if you're in the top three i would even say five picks you have to pick based off potential needs be damned it doesn't matter because you're you don't know when the next chance is you'll get that top pick so you have to take that guy who can be a game changer for your franchise. And then going with back to Porzingis, I usually don't trust international big man at all. There's there's Dragon Bender. I love this. There's Dragon Bender out there at all this year, and, and I, I, I don't really trust him <laughs> at all. Uh, but you know, Porzingis isn't letting me grow that trust. What I've seen from Porzingis, oh. it, it, it's ridiculous. And you know, there's obviously and Phil Jackson sitting there going, "I told you so." Yeah, no, no, Phil's like, "I still got two years in this plan." <laughs> <laughs> there's obviously a ton left that Porzingis needs to develop mm-hmm. on, and Porzingis is not a finished product. Oh, not by any means. The the sparks that this kid has, it's fantastic. So I, I think that's the the sparks. That's why. The 76ers would take him over Okafor. And I think Okafor. And it stretches the floor for him better. Exactly. And Okafor, he's kind of a one dimensional player. Like, you know, 
Carl Anthony Towns can stretch that floor, yeah. but he also has dominant post moves. I think you know Carl Anthony Towns and Okafor. You know, I, I think Carl Anthony Towns is much better in the post than than Okafor. But I think you know, you, looking at him, you know, you can make the decision that it's like the down low game is similar. Yeah, but the yeah, fact that Towns can take a couple steps out mm-hmm. and Ja loses a lot of his effectiveness. And Carl Anthony Towns is a better defender, so yeah. I think and you know just better athleticism. But anyways, I'm just saying like Okafor is just you know more one dimensional. Compared to Porzingis, who can stretch that floor, and mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns, who can stretch that floor, so that's why I have Okafor going four because he's still a great player. I'm not saying he's Ditto. not, but I, I still have Okafor going four. Who do you have going for them? Me, I've got Porzingis because okay. I had Russell okay. going to the Sixers. Five for the Orlando Magic. They picked Mario Hazonia at five. Mm-hmm. I have them picking Devin Booker. Seeing Devin Booker this year, me and you are on the same page with he's, that. He's, he's no. going to be one of the best shooters in in the NBA. I think he's I think he's going to be top. Well, he's been a great pick for the Suns. Yeah, one of the only things that they have done great. Exactly, that's true. Well, they, this is a team that throws away talent. See, they've they've picked up great talent. It's not a problem finding mm-hmm. talent. It's a problem keeping that yeah. talent and keeping the right talent. But yep. anyways, I think I think Devin Booker he can be one of the top shooters. I think he's not going to be Steph or Clay level, but I think he could be you know top five area like a JJ Redick. And this kid can shoot the lights out. So I, I think Devin Booker would go five. I'll give you a shooting, but I got Justice Winslow fall or moving up, falling depending on where you're looking at. Uh, going at five. What do you like about Winslow better than Winslow Booker? on the Magic? Oh, I just like his fit better on okay. the Magic. I think that he comes in and instantly gives them help. And that's the thing. It's like he has, I, I think the biggest thing um, we've heard from about him is that he comes in and he plays like a veteran. Mm-hmm. He has that ability to put up 10 and 10 every night. Like he comes in with the confidence, with the mindset, and he has all the physical tools. And the kid's 19. Yeah. I mean, there's so much room for him to grow. I feel like that upside plus where they or where the Magic are at currently, it's a perfect fit. Or where they were at currently. See, I think with the Magic is you know you have Oladipo, you have Peyton. I think you need you know because Peyton and Oladipo, there's there's not that you know that ability where they can hit that outside shot. Where Mm -hmm. Peyton's a great defender, and you know Oladipo is more of a driver. I think you need Booker to relieve some of that, and I think Hmm. you know you could put one of those you know guards on the bench. I mean, you have scoring off your bench there, where Hazonia really hasn't developed that scoring yet. So I think you know Booker is making an immediate impact on the Suns so far. I think he can make that immediate impact for the Magic and improve this team. So that you know, I think they would, I think they would go Booker, and then I have Winslow going six. Okay, because you know, like you said, so the takeaway is Winslow definitely should have gone. Winslow higher. should have gone higher, and I think people and were saying was, that immediately. That after was the, the mystery draft. during the draft. Was mm-hmm. like, how is this guy falling? Cause yeah, he was. Uh, projected anywhere from five to nine. Yeah, and he went to ten. ten. Yeah. See, yeah. I've got, I've got Ja going at six because the you way falling that well, far. The way I saw it was, I mean, the only teams that would have taken a big from two to all the way six to where I have them. I mean, the Seventy Sixers would have, but mine Russell's there, and they said, "Fuck it, we're going to take Russell." Mm-hmm. The if Phil Jackson fell in love with Porzingis. Not going to change that. He stays there. The other pick, the Magic, didn't need a big. Yeah, they joke it. And I mean, the, in the Kings, they took Willie Cauley-Stein, so why not take Ja instead of the Willie Cauley-Stein? Yeah, Vucevic. And I think Vucevic is a great center, but I think if you pair Okafor and Vucevic, I think that could even work there, too. So mm. I think I would, I would take Okafor over Booker, especially for the Magic, too. Because, I mean, you, you, have, you, had, you had Channing Fry there to start the season. But I think Okafor and Vucevic would be great because Vucevic can also See, stretch think, the floor. I think v- Vucevic I mean, has that mid-range jumper where Okafor can dominate. Right. It's still way early, but right now the storylines that I see, 
Ja may be the most overrated player. Like when we look back at this mm-hmm. draft, we may be saying, "Okay, Ja was the most overrated well, player." I have so many Sixers making players look overrated. Michael <laughs> Carter Williams, much. Basically Just anyone saying. really, mm-hmm. but yeah, no. Okay, I think AI has been the only AI and Iguodala have been the only true talents coming up, out of yeah. 76ers. But anyways, at seven, I still have Emmanuel Mudiay staying. Yep. I had Moody at seven. And yeah, I think that was a good fit for him. I, yeah, and he hasn't really developed so far, but mm-hmm. he's also on the Nuggets, where the Nuggets are basically a ton of role players, and mm-hmm. there's no one really outside of Moody to really help him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at eight, I have Stanley Johnson. I love that pick for Detroit, and I don't think that would change. That's where I got Devin Booker moving up to. So, oh, okay. again, I agree with your argument. Lights out shooter. He's young. He's going to be good. And I think the Pistons really do need a shooter. They've made a lot of good moves. And this roster, again, it's loaded and young. But I feel like giving them that shooter would just absolutely make that offense click. Because with Caldwell Pope and Tobias Harris, they're great players. But I think you, Booker does have that outside shot. So I see the fit, and I see the better fit see, for I Stan think, John. I, but I, think I Booker, see the manimal. They, he kind of, Stanley Johnson just kind of fits those two players more than Booker. Because he's kind of got that same kind of play style where physical, I'm going to take it to the rim. Mm-hmm. But I, I just see too much potential in Booker to mm-hmm. fall to, fall. Okay. to, yeah. to, fall, to yeah. fall that low to eight. Uh, at nine, I have Miles Turner because the, what I've seen, his, his bright spots in, in Indiana are fantastic, and I think the Hornets need a dominant big man because Al Jefferson's getting old there. Have you had, see, had Willie Cully Stein? That's who I had. Have you had him go off the board? No, he's still on the board. So you're saying you're, you I think Miles, rate Turner I, higher than... Willie I, I think Willie Cauley Stein is pretty overrated here because well, here's the thing. He, he's great. He's 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 mm-hmm. a great defender. He, he could block yeah. basically anything in the lane. But outside of that, I don't see a, a dominant post well, move. And but I, he does have great field. And field I goal think the one here. thing that and this is of course now we're looking in hindsight. But the main reason why Turner was under Willie Cauley Stein at the time of the draft was the big question was his knees. Right. Mm-hmm. We had the knee surgery. So I mean, with the knee injury slash surgery. How is he going to play? Oh, are you going to roll the dice on a guy who has knee issues? I mean, look at Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. I mean, Don't, how, how often not. have we uh, questioned him for his knee issues? Yeah, so, no, I, I have Turner going six to the Kings because, again, they need that big. And then I've got Willie Costan going nine to the Hornets. Again, I feel like the Hornets did need that mm-hmm. true center. Yeah. So, and and yeah. they went with Kaminsky, who isn't a true center at all. Of course so, not, because um, we like forwards. Yeah, so so I, I'll go Miles Turner at 9. Uh, 10 I, to the Miami Heat, I have Trey Lyles. Uh, I really, Trey Lyles. I, I like what he's okay. been doing for, for Utah. I think he could stretch the floor. Uh, I, I I just I like him there because you know looking at Miami they went with Justice Winslow who can drive but also you know kind of yeah, go outside they got a steal I, yeah they mm-hmm. got a steal they're not gonna get a you know they're not gonna get Justice Winslow there I think Trey, Trey Lyles will fall in there uh, who do you guys have Miami going there I got Ubre and I don't know why I have Ubre at- <laughs> I feel like that's such <laughs> wait, a okay. way to defend way, it there the I don't way, know why okay I here's what I, th- I I I'm thinking the way with the Heat at the time it's like okay what the hell do you need the guys I have behind them, like Turner, Portis, McCall, Jefferson, I have Harold, all those players, I'm like, eh, they'll just go with a depth guy, shooting guard, take a mm-hmm. Kelly Oubre. Yeah. See, I'm going with Hazonia. I feel like mm-hmm. this would be a great environment for him to learn and kind of grow because you have somebody out there who plays such a dynamic game in mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade, and to work behind him, there's so much he could pick up. I like that. Fit. And he's not... It's the thing. It's, he's not that instant, like, we need this guy to go over the edge. No, no, no. 
He can totally come in I, and work Dave his game talked up. me into it. I'm changing my pick from Ubre to Hazonia. Dave talked me into the Hazonia fit too because I'm thinking I have, about it I now. Why do they need him? Because they have Whiteside and they have Bosch. So all right, so Bosch, now Hazonia going ten to Miami. Not Bosch. Bosch. They have Bosch. Bosch. Uh, Eleven. I have Willie Cauley Stein just because I think the Pacers need a big man. Desperately. Yeah, I got Miles Turner and like, I got Stan he's Stanley the Johnson. Next big yeah. man off the board. There you go. All right, all right. So. And you got Stan John. Stan more of a three than a four though. Oh, I know. Okay, but I like. But he can play. He can play like a stretch for us. Really I just like to. watching Stanley Johnson. I think regardless of the team, he's a good put everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Put him with Paul George and Montalas. At 12, I to the Utah Jazz, I did have Azonia, so now mm-hmm. that would be Trey Lyles, so Trey Lyles goes to the Utah Jazz no matter what. Uh, then, Interesting. Uh, 13, I have uh, Frank Kaminsky. Hey, we matched up there. Wait, wait, they, who did you say? I know you said 12. Did you I've say got 12? Is Bobby Portis. Yeah, I've got Bobby Portis, too. Well, but you, you guys really like Bobby Portis. Yeah. Well, I, I saw they went with the big man in Lyles, and I like what Port, Portis, to me... Portis is en- energy. That guy is. He is. I, I don't think he well, stops. He's like Taj Gibson 2.0. I was, yeah. I was mad when we drafted him, and I will still defend my angriness because I thought we should have taken a point guard. But what, I have what point been, guard was that? I stood yeah, yeah. Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones. You know who I really Tyus want? Tyus like, Jones. <laughs> I really wanted a, like, Tyus was my first. I would have been happy with a DeLon Wright, but he went a few picks before us. But I like what Bobby's been doing, and I'd put him right yeah. at the jam. Kid's got an engine. Okay, and then uh, Phoenix, we have Kaminsky, I think. You know, yep. Alex, Len's, uh, Alex Len's been showing some stuff. Uh, and I think Ty- Tyson Chandler's just, you know, he's, he's going to leave soon. He's too old. Yeah. So I think you, you get uh, Frank Kaminsky stretch to the floor there. Alex Len could do some stuff inside. Uh, at 14, I have Josh Richardson from the Miami Heat. He was a second-round draft pick, and he's going to the Thunder, but this is just basically on fit. He's, mm-hmm. not, he's not, you know, potential-wise, skill-wise. But what have we been saying about Oklahoma City? Who do they need? What kind of player do they need? They need a 3 and D player. Josh Richardson has been shooting the lights out for Miami. See, I I as, of late, Jefferson. as of late, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. He has developed quite well in the last two months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we didn't see a lot of him earlier this season. That's why I'm going, again, with Ricky, with Hal Jefferson. Because he's dominated down low. And I think mm-hmm. he is a great player. And the one big problem with that team, they already have a fantastic defender. But then they've got that weakness with Cantor. So you've got to counterbalance that off the bench. So if you're going to run a bench rotation, I think he would be a fantastic fit. Yeah, and then uh, I, I have Hollis Jefferson going to the Hawks to end that. So Kelly so, Oubre. See, yeah. no, no see, I've got Montrose Harold, <laughs> and I feel like the re- like they need that second kind of off-the-bench big. Like when mm-hmm. Millsap and Horford aren't in the game, because right now they've got Chris Humphreys. So just to sum <laughs> this up. Wow, that, that's disappointing. But just to sum this up. We think a lot of these guys off the bench, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's that's interesting because we were just talking about you know the NCAA well, guys. You know what out I'm going to say? I, I've been thinking one thing while we've been doing this redraft, and mm-hmm. I think the big storyline between this draft and the one we're going to see in 2016 is going to be last year was all oh this guy freshman 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 yeah. except for like a poor Zingus or well, the ones that actually stay like Moutier went overseas instead of playing at SMU. Whereas this year, we see we're going to see a few guys. guys, except for like Ingram and Simmons. It's like Buddy Heel, who's a senior. How many guys were we saying like junior, senior, but junior, also senior? Half of the Kentucky class was in this draft. That's yeah. true. So, I mean, I think, what, seven of the yeah. seven oh, players from Kentucky were in the were and our top 15. And wouldn't have uh, so. Polthrice been there, but he got injured? Yeah, but he I got injured he was a, a year or two ago. Yeah, he wasn't a yeah. freshman, though. So. I I think I think you just I think I, I agree with you. I think there's a, a change at least in this year mm-hmm. that you're gonna see more veteran guys, and most of our sleepers were older guys too. Yeah. So I think I think it's really just you know this leadership 
And I think, you know, guys are staying back because they know that they've seen, you know, the horror stories of freshmen. Well, unless you're LeBron and James or Kobe Bryant or it, yeah. it's Kevin rough Durant. Because if you're a young guy coming in mm-hmm. and you're being drafted off potential, it's really easy to get lost at like 22, 23, like age wise. And you're on the bench for some team. And then look, they're already looking for that next guy mm-hmm. up there. They're looking at the new rookies. And you're, you've been on the team for two years now, and you're like, so uh, when am I getting my chance? And you know what? You could have developed that game a little bit more. You could have gotten drafted up higher. You could have been a better player already if you had stayed in college. So I think the argument's there that, mm-hmm. you know, with these older players, we're seeing an already uh, built-out game. Like, they already know their identity as a player, mm-hmm. where these younger guys, it's like all potential. It's all raw and skill, plus and we're it's hoping. Like, what kind of kid wouldn't want to be, like, I just think of Baker and Van Vliet, like, they're seniors, and they are. Of course, they come from like a smaller, the mid major, but like they are the fucking like man on well, campus, like leading scorers. Big man on campus. They've been there for four years. The face of the like face of the franchise, basically for four years. One guy we didn't mention, and there were two guys we actually didn't mention. We Marcus Page from UNC, mm-hmm. he's senior, and he was he said you know Roy Williams was the man that he, I, he made me the man I am today. And, yeah. you know, all this stuff. He's so grateful. And then George Niang from uh, Iowa State. He <sighs> Niang, I hope I he, I hope we maybe he goes undrafted and we get him, kind of reunite him with Hoiberg. Yeah, uh, I don't like Niang at all, but like you know, he <laughs> he, he he's just, I kind of like know, Niang. He can cheat. He, the he ball. was saying like you know, Iowa State became my home. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave Iowa State. Like yeah. I, I want more years here. Like so you know, these guys are really just you know attached to this player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't I don't like Niang. Uh, I think he's you know kind of garbage. But he's anyways, trash. Yeah, he's trash. Thanks, Sean. Now we're going to go into playoff talk because, you know, the teams that are making the playoffs aren't going to be, you know, drafting the lottery here. So, Eastern Conference, how do you guys see one through eight playing out? Is Cleveland going to maintain that number one seed or do you think Toronto's going to make a run for it? So, so give me, give me your how one through. how many times does Toronto play the Bulls? Uh, Ooh. I am not sure. <laughs> is, that, is that a cheap shot there? That's a cheap shot. How many times that's does the Dougie McDermott... Yeah, that's the only does, time that we can trash talk a team. How many times does Dougie McDermott got to put up 25 plus? Um, anyways. They don't play the Bulls at all, so yeah, they can take the one. Okay. So, <laughs> go, go one through eight. The implosion so. of Cleveland uh, has been just hilarious to watch. I think this is a team where, on paper, they look great, uh, but they can't even put the pieces together. Uh, I think it's a lot of the issues that we've kind of gone over in the past. LeBron with... getting a little homesick. No, it's, by homesick it's the... I mean Miami. <laughs> <laughs> it's the poor use of love, and but the, the upside is the move for Channing Fry. Mm-hmm. I think it's had a great impact on the team. He's been shooting lights out since he's been there. I think that was a smart move for the team. But and I, I totally didn't trash it. Yeah, it totally didn't happen. You were just like, what? Um, but yeah, this is a team that's just going to keep falling. I, I don't see them. You know, losing out to like Atlanta, but you know they're gonna drop down to the two. You think Cleveland's gonna drop down to the two? Yeah. So give me, give me. I, your got, one. I got Toronto at one. Give me your one through eight. All right, all right. So I do have Toronto at one, Cleveland at two, and then Miami's gonna jump Atlanta. So another switch up there, and then uh, Charlotte, Boston, Indy are all staying the same. And I'm praying to God that Detroit beats out Chicago for that last spot. <laughs> you not want only because I, not only because I want the lottery pick for Chicago. Mm-hmm. But it's because I want to actually watch Detroit. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping the Kings so. do well enough to where they have like the 11th pick, because then it becomes ours. Yeah. All right. So your one eight matchup will be Cleveland or Toronto, Toronto versus Detroit. Yep. Then you got Cleveland versus Indiana. Yep. Then Miami versus Indi- uh, Miami versus Boston. Correct. Then uh, Atlanta versus Charlotte. Yes. Is there any lower seed that can make can, can make an upset in the first round that you think that Honestly, they can do it? The, the problem here is like the three through eight are all so close in mm-hmm. talent that it just becomes a matchup. Like mm-hmm. that, that's all it comes down to. 
So, I don't know, Boston has some fantastic uh, mid-range to big guys. So if they go up against a team like Miami, who I don't know if Bosch will be there at that time, there's a potential to abuse them down low. I mean, Whiteside has played lights out, but at the same time, he's one man. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to roll with a three-big lineup, I mean, there's no chance. Yeah, plus are you going to trust D-Wade and you know his his health, and is he really going to be able to go through a seven-game series and really come up and beat D-Wade that we've seen in the playoffs before? Exactly. Ricky, give me your one through eight in the East. I think with the top two, I'm going to stay Cleveland-Toronto. And the reason— I agree with you The there. big reason why is looking at the schedules— um, Toronto has a game at San Antonio. You're not going to win that one. They also have a game at home against Oakland I'm, or Oklahoma City. I am going to give the nod to the Thunder. And there's just those few games where it's like, okay, you have tougher opponents down the stretch but than the, opponent, the Cavaliers. The quality opponent doesn't matter to Cleveland. They'll lose to anybody. Well, and I mean, I feel like with what they have left, they're, they're, they can pull it out and just maintain. The, the big thing that will be interesting is, when we get to the last two games. Okay. Because if I'll say this. If they are tied by the last two games, Toronto, a little here? Toronto will take it. Because guess who Toronto ends the season with? Who? Philly and Brooklyn. Wow, that's they're a winning, finish. They're winning yeah, those games. There's no doubt about it. But I see Cleveland, uh, Toronto. I kind of want to say Miami could jump Atlanta yeah. for the three. Sexy. Then have Miami, Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte. Then I'm going to have... Bulls at the seven, Pistons at the eight. Whoa. And the Raptors get upset in the first round because the Bulls can only beat the Raptors. <laughs> so you got Indy totally out of this. Maybe. I, yeah. I don't I don't think the Bulls are gonna win a playoff series. Oh, I, I don't think they're gonna beat the Raptors. The only I team, agree the with... only playoff series we can win is against the Raptors. <laughs> so give me something. You're wearing the shirt right now. He so lined up this entire playoff just so we can yeah. beat the Raptors. I, I, just so we can beat the Raptors. I agree that Cleveland's gonna stay the Then one. in this situation, it's like you know what? Actually, no. Have Atlanta at the three, Miami at the four, so Miami can play Cleveland and hopefully knock them out by the time we get to the conference final. Anyways. If I, we get to the conference final. I agree final. that Cleveland is going to stay Ricky. at number one. Yeah, 2K Ricky. I think Cleveland's going to stay at number one. And the the one thing that I liked about Cleveland was LeBron took a, when LeBron took a day off against the Mavericks, mm-hmm. and it was oh, just Kyrie, Kyrie and K-Love. And he took and, off? And, and K-Love had like 18 and 16, and K- Kyrie like put up K-Love. 33. Yeah. yeah. Those two together, I was Kyrie like, Kyrie oh, also shit. had a push on the stat sheet. Yes, well, he did. He had uh, a Michael Jordan push. But anyways, uh, I think the Bulls are going to fall out. I think the Pistons are going to overseed them. And I think I think that we can see a late run from the Milwaukee Bucks, and we can see <gasps> the Pacers drop out. Wow. I th- I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that just a out team of crazy. That's five five games back of the eighth spot. That's six and four in their past ten games. I think I think Giannis. I, this is bold prediction there. I love they, it. They get smoked. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out different. Sorry, Ricky. That you know the the Bulls are not gonna play the Toronto Raptors. Oh, Anyways. I would not be upset if the Bulls missed the playoffs because I mean you got yeah, last week. You guys when I wasn't here, yeah. you talked about them taking Western Conference Finals. Gotta have or, a little bit of hope, man. Western Conference playoffs. <laughs> Who's your one through eight here? And I think I think the um, one's pretty easy. So one through. Eight, the Warriors, followed by the Warriors, followed by the Warriors, followed by the Warriors. Because it does it the fucking Spurs, matter at this point. <laughs> the Spurs are four games back. They're, 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 Do you know how Warriors, far back four games is? Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, the Warriors are on this specific... Might as well be this, 40. Yeah, but the Warriors are on this historic run. The Spurs are only four games back. Yeah, we That's the crazy we met, thing. We mentioned this last week if you were... If you, I was saying, it's a shame like, you didn't have any fun in this discussion previously. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I think Warriors and Spurs obviously won two. Well, it all yeah. comes um, down to their last few because there's three games left, one in Oakland, two in San Antonio. I don't think it's going to happen. I th- no, I think, I think, I think, no, the Warriors are getting the one I think war- I think Spurs beat them once. 
I think, well, the I think, Spurs are going to rest them for the last one. Yeah. So I think I think Warriors, Spurs, Thunders, Clippers. You guys disagree there? I completely agree. I think one through four because is going to stay the it's same. It's not like Memphis is going to jump up and take anybody on 10-day contracts. Weirdly enough, I think what Memphis is going to— what if they did? Like Sean's no bold prediction of Milwaukee. What if they're like, four the Grizzlies? And, they're four and six in their last ten. They're not yeah, even whatever. hot. I'm not, lost, I'm not. I'm not edging that. Lost, I'm just saying. What if? Yeah, but they lost four straight right they, now. They so, literally have like two NBA players on their team. They have Lance Stevenson as I think is their main mm-hmm. main guard right now. But I think <laughs> I think I think Memphis will probably stay at the five just because I don't think Portland could push them out. I, uh, I absolutely think Portland will push them out. Oh, you think Portland's going to push them out? Yeah, I think Portland's going to stay at the six. I think uh, the Rockets are going to fall out. I think the Mavericks are going to stay in, and I Mm-mm. think the Jazz are going to jump in. I think that okay. everything is going to stay the same except flip uh, Dallas and Utah. I, I think Dallas is going to stay. I think Dirk's going to do something. I think I, I love Dirk too well, much. Not, if, not, not if he keeps getting pushed out of the way. Is this Dirk's last year? <laughs> no. no. Dirk's coming back next year. I uh, one, one team, though, I think Portland can upset the mm-hmm. Thunder. I think with Lillard really? and uh, with CJ McCollum, I I, think they I could would get, really I, love that. I think they could push him to seven at least. I think I think. Do Portland we see has, another uh, Lillard buzzer beater like we saw against the Rockets? Possibly. God, I think they're such a fun backcourt <laughs> to watch are, too, and that's why I think they have the chance. I think I think Portland can can do something here, and I think I think. Uh, Memphis is going to get smoked by the Clippers, and they're going to lose in three games. That's how bad. That's how bad they're going to get smoked there. Or does Lance Stevenson come back and get revenge on his old team? No, I don't. I don't I, I think he, yeah, I don't think. Knowing the Memphis Grizzlies, they'll probably have Michael Beasley at yeah, the no. starting. Honestly, <laughs> I just, I just don't want to watch a Houston Clippers matchup. Oh no, that's God, the, no. I'm just praying God, that no. that doesn't line up. That's the only thing because that was the worst fucking series Port- I've ever seen, and I've only seen about Actually, half of it because I, I just cha- gave up. Portland, Los Angeles would be. Fun you know too. what? I'm changing. I am going to say that Dallas gets the seventh and they actually get in because I want to see Dallas and San Antonio. That'd be fun. I want to see that. That'd be fun. I would, I would love to see a Timmy D. What oh, I, Timmy D versus Dirk one more time. I, I love it. What I, yeah, would I love it. There's only match. one Dallas Maverick matchup I'd want to see more, but it probably won't happen in the first round or ever. They play the Clippers. DeAndre Jordan against Dallas, and <laughs> no. then DeAndre Jordan right. loses in the playoffs to Dallas. I don't think I don't think Dallas is going to beat, beat the Clippers. They don't have the firepower for that. What if though? What would Mark Mark Cuban would just be like double oh, he would middle fingers up, right right boom. Draymond's face? I think Mark Cuban would go out and I don't know maybe buy a couple billboards in the city <laughs> and just just go thanks. to town. They would just it. say thanks, DeAndre. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, in like blue, white lettering with a blue background. Mm-hmm. All right. Go. Final thought. Final thought. Because I, I think you guys probably did this last week. Who's your Who's your final winner, and who's the MVP of the finals? Uh, I'm gonna say Steph Curry wins it. He's gonna be the NBA Finals champion, the MVP. He's the one that. He's wins also it. the most improved player. He's also the most improved player <laughs> from last year. And, and let's just let's just toss in Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah. let's just give yeah, him everything. He gets everything. Coach of the Year. MVP final. Uh, uh, they beat the Cavs. NBA Finals. I, I have nothing more to say. I have nothing to add to this conversation. Ricky's already said it all. Okay, I, I'm going to say Warriors win. I say, say the Warriors beat Toronto, and I say Toronto, and I say Brandon Rush is your Finals MVP. What? Because Andre Iguodala came out of nowhere, so Brandon Rush is going to come out of nowhere. Brandon Rush. What if Draymond KU. was the MVP? I could see it. I could see, like, see it. I could like, see him having like that five stat stuff would, would in Steph, uh, Draymond. Would, would Steph Curry five really go? Yep. Really? Well, he go, no, can but, I get the Finals MVP one more time? Like what, one time, guys. But what? Well, he's gonna have multiple chances. I don't think. I don't think he he's have multiple yeah. chances. But I think he's gonna be well, filling oh, up his hands. Yeah, but zero oh for two. I mean, that, that's not a good start. I think he's gonna be fine <laughs> with his regular season MVPs. Yeah. Anyways, 
We're going to wrap it up here for the Fast Break Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening out there. If you really liked this, like it on SoundCloud, like it on YouTube, repost it to all your SoundCloud followers, and if you really loved it, share it out to all of your friends. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, so if we can get to that quicker, that'd be awesome. But thank you, everyone, for your support. We really love it, and we've been seeing your numbers jump, which is fantastic. And if you want to see what we're saying when we're not uh, you know, doing these on Saturday, recording these on Saturdays, Follow us on Twitter. I am at Schwarbo. Ricky is at Ricky Widmer. Dave is at don't Dave don't un, Dave underscore don't underscore tweet. Yes, Dave underscore don't underscore tweet. Dave don't tweet. And uh, follow us on Most Valuable Pod on Twitter. Like us on Facebook as well. But that's gonna wrap it up for this week's face or not Facebook episode. Fast break episode. Thank you very much for listening. We're gonna see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.